Welcome to Journey to Esquire, the podcast. I'm Jocelyn Hardrick, founder and president of Diversity Access Pipeline, Inc., the company behind this podcast and other great programs like Journey to Esquire Scholarship and Leadership Program, which provides $2,000 cash scholarships to third-year law students and internships to second-year law students, along with leadership training and mentors. And Journey to Esquire, the blog, which provides insightful articles to help navigate you through law school and beyond. Find out more on our website, www.journeytoesquire.com. Hey, have you heard about Anchor? It's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that let you record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, just like I'm doing now. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so you can hear it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hello, my name is Vanessa Ferguson. I am an attorney and the managing director at Ferguson Legal, PLLC. So I wanted to, I knew I wanted to be a lawyer since I was about age 16 and I joined the debate team, I think my sophomore or junior, maybe senior, sophomore or junior year in undergrad, I mean in high school. Um, And I wasn't the best at it, but I realized that I loved the adrenaline feeling of, you know, when you're across the table or, you know, the podium arguing with someone logically who kind of understands, you know, what points are trying to be made. And from there, I was like, this is it. This is what I'm passionate about. This is what I enjoy doing. Um, And that's what made me go to law school. So from there, I did the traditional route of, you know, undergrad criminology major and then law school and then practicing. So my law school application process was kind of complicated in the sense that I knew what type of law I wanted to practice when I was looking for law schools. So I narrowed it down to intellectual property um, and entertainment law. So I narrowed it down to law schools that only offered concentrations in those fields. So of course that narrowed it down to very few schools. And then you have your LSAT score and then your GPA to play into account. Um, So from there, I I just started applying and it was pretty straightforward. You just fill out the application. I think it's on the LSAC website. And you just, I think you have like a statement of interest or a statement of something. Um, and I think that was a difficult process for me to kind of figure out what makes me different, what makes me unique. But I think it, whatever I wrote, must have been sufficient because I got accepted to a few schools, waitlisted to a few. Um, and then I ended up selecting the school that offered the most scholarships. So it ended up working out in the end. So did I enjoy law school? Um, No. (laughs) Law school is not very enjoyable at all. I remember coming home from like fall break for Christmas break for summer break and my friends asking me, my friends and family, how's law school going? And I would always tell them it sucks. And they would think I was joking. And I was like, no, like it sucks. Um, So no, I didn't enjoy it. I think it was, you know, a part of the process. It teaches you how to, um, commit to something, how to push through. It prepares you not, um, I think it prepares you mentally for the stress that you need to um, endure in order to study for and pass the bar. So my job search after law school was very stressful. I graduated law school in the fall. I took the February 2018 bar um, and 
you know, graduating law school, I didn't have a job lined up. Taking the bar, I didn't have a job lined up. And it's very stressful to not know, you know, what your life is going to be in six months. It's very stressful to know that, you know, my student loans are coming due soon and I don't even have, you know, a cent to my name. So um, I took the bar and I think the day after bar results came out. So like April 13th or something along those lines, um, I got a job offer and the pay was something that I was, you know, content with. Um, it wasn't in my field cause I wanted to practice either in intellectual property or privacy law. Um, but it was not criminal law. It was not family law and it was not personal injury. And those were the types of law I was sure that I did not want to practice. So I accepted the position and I worked there for about six months. Um, before I was laid off. And at the time, I didn't really, looking back, I didn't know what I was going to make of that situation, but it all ended up working out, you know, perfectly. Because like I said, I went into law school wanting to practice into, wanted to practice, wanting to practice intellectual property law. Um, All the IP jobs wanted three to five years of experience. I also enjoyed privacy law. All the privacy jobs wanted like five to 10 years of experience. And fresh out of law school, obviously, I don't have that experience. So when I accepted that employment law job, I thought it was a blessing. Um, When I got laid off, I was kind of disappointed just because, you know, how are my bills going to get paid now? But I ended up, you know, kind of applying for privacy jobs and IP jobs. Um, Meanwhile, I was kind of networking, you know, networking for myself, you know, letting people know, building my personal book of business, letting people know, hi, my name is Vanessa Ferguson. I practice, I'm interested in, I practice intellectual property and privacy law. And just going from there, this was about October, between October and November of 2018. So I was kind of networking on my own behalf, still looking for work. And I told myself by January of 2019, if I cannot find a job, you know, in the field that I want, which was either intellectual property or privacy law, that I would just kind of go out and, you know, invest in myself and open my own firm. And that's what I did. So that is what I'm doing now. And that is kind of um, my journey of finding a job in the legal market or the legal field. So I stumbled into intellectual property via Wikipedia, actually. Um, so I've always loved innovation and technology. Um, back in the MySpace days, I used to, you know, make my my website on like these other websites, just tweaking the codes and stuff. Um, so for those who don't know, intellectual property is it includes trademarks, copyrights, trade secrets, of course, patents, and the right of pub- publicity. Um, It's funny because till this day, when people find out I'm an intellectual property attorney, the first question they have is, oh, so you do patents. And the irony is that, you know, patent attorneys are, they're not rare, but you have to be a patent agent to file patents. So you can technically be a patent attorney without being a patent agent. So because I'm not a patent agent, I cannot file your patent, but I can litigate and defend your patent if it ever gets to that. It's kind of a complicated situation. But regardless, there are so many different types of intellectual property um, to just focus on patents only. So I want the world to know that as well. Um, And then as far as how I got into IP, so I remember being in undergrad um, and I was a criminology major at USF St. Pete. And going into undergrad, I thought that criminal law was the only type of law there was. Um, Until this day, I still get 
questions like, oh, so are you a prosecutor or you're a criminal defense attorney? And I'm like, there's more than one type of law than just those two. Um, so I think like mid, maybe like my sophomore year, probably like my junior or senior year in undergrad, I realized that, you know, there's more types of law. I had worked for the public defender's office out in Clearwater for like two and a half years. And I realized that it takes a lot of um, work and a specific type of person to go into the criminal law field. I knew that I did not have that heart and that I was not that person. So I was like, let me find something else. So I remember getting onto Wikipedia and I was like, types of laws. And it came up with a huge list of like, just different types of laws. And I just clicked on them all, read what they were about, went to the next one, read what they're about. And that's how I found um, intellectual property. I think I narrowed it down to intellectual property, entertainment law, and corporate law. I think the irony is that I don't really do the entertainment law, but the corporate law, you know, the business side of it, I definitely incorporate in my incorporate into uh, my practice as well as intellectual property. So what advice would I give to a new or current or future um, law student? And um, first, just be very, very intentional about everything that you do. And I know it sounds crazy when you're kind of going through the motions, but um, for one, loans are no joke. Um, and then for two, start networking. You don't need to know what type of law that you want to practice, but at least know what type of law you don't want to practice, because that's definitely a good starting point. Um, and then, of course, you know, the, the student loans. And of course, network, like I said, networking and having a good um, community, a good social um, kind of network, an in-person social network uh, wherever you're going to school, because my friends in law school, they got me through law school. Like I said before, law school sucked. It was so, I didn't really... I enjoyed um, the social aspect of it, but the learning is just so much content and um, it's a lot of material and a lot of work and a lot of studying. So make sure you have a good social um, circle who has the same goals that you have, that is just as focused as you, that can kind of inspire you and push you to um, to do better every single day. And then back to the intention um, you know, try to live beneath your means in law school, um, especially if you're paying for it out of pocket or especially, especially if you're paying for it um, with loans, because at the end of the day, you could be making $100,000. But if you owe $100,000, you know, in student debt, you kind of have to think about that. How much money are you actually profiting at the end of the day if most of your paycheck is going to loans? And I think, um, Looking back, what advice would I want for myself? I think that would be one, um, definitely my loans. But thankfully, I had the scholarship, almost a full ride for tuition. So I'm so thankful for that. And then what else advice would I want? Um, network. Oh, my gosh. Network, network, network to find a job. I found it very difficult to find a job. I went to school in Ohio, and I wanted to practice in Florida. And it's so hard to find a job in a community that doesn't know you exist. So definitely network with um, people your age, network with the attorneys, network with the judges so people know, you know who you are and what it is that you're interested in practicing or what type of law you want to practice um, once you are out and you know pass that bar. You're listening to Journey to Esquire, the podcast, where we explore the best ways to promote diversity, create access, and feed the legal pipeline with talented students of all backgrounds. Here are some guidance from today's guest. 
In terms of diversity, I think it's very important not to exclude anyone from any of your experiences or situations in life. A good example I have is back in my law school, we had my class, we had, of course, political science majors, we had biology majors, we had, um, what was it, English majors, I was a criminology major, and Although we were different in what we studied, we had different perspectives to add to the conversations and discussions in the classroom. And this also applies, you know, to to real life and social aspects of life, regardless of the background or ethnicity you were from. It's very important um, to include people who are like you and to include people who are not like you because you can learn so much. And I and I believe I learned so much more from people who are not like me than I do from people who are like me because they they add so much value and so they add perspective of, about things that you never would have had thought of had they not been in the room. I can't even really explain it, but they just provide so much value to your life. And for me, I'd feel like you'd be a fool to exclude someone because of you know, how diverse they are because of their background or ethnicity, when at the end of the day, they can provide you more value than you would ever realize. Now, it's my pleasure to introduce you to one of the law students in the Journey to Esquire Scholarship and Leadership Program. My name is Justin Bell and I am a third-year student at the Stetson University College of Law, and I am a Journey to Esquire Scholar. I want to be an attorney so that I am in a better position to make effectual change and just serve as a voice for the voiceless. As one of my professors stated, as an attorney, you are a 24-hour problem-solving machine. Your job uh, never stops because the world looks at you to solve all their problems. And if you think about this, this can be very stressful. And the, the, the joy comes from being in a position to make a positive impact in the lives of those in need. Journey to Esquire program has been amazing. The, the modules that I have attended so far, uh, from the mental health awareness to the importance of the mentorships and importance of the judicial clerkships, just to name a few, these modules have, uh, helped equip me with the necessary tools and motivation uh, needed to serve those in need once I am an attorney. And in addition to that, um, these, these modules have served as as a stress reliever, you know, to be able to uh, come together with other diverse scholars and students um, and, and the great, uh, great professors and, and, and board board members of Journey to Esquire. You know, it's, it's very motivating. It's uplifting. You know that there are opportunities and there is hope um, to be the best version of yourself uh, that you could be. I am forever grateful for this great program and I'm very excited. We just passed the mic to attorney Vanessa Ferguson. In her time with us, she left us with five key takeaways. Number one, invest in yourself. Number two, she spoke about intellectual property. Number three, be intentional. Number four, start networking. Number five, don't exclude anyone. Journey to Esquire would like to thank attorney Ferguson for taking the time out to join us on today's podcast. We encourage all of our listeners to read the show notes attached to this episode for more information about the guest and organizations mentioned. 
I'd like to give a special thanks to all of our supporters, especially our JD-level sponsors, U.S. District Courts, Middle District of Florida's Bench Bar Fund, and Agape Christian Bar Preparation Services, Inc., for their generous support. I'd also like to thank WMU Cooley Law School, Tampa Bay Campus, for providing a space for the recording of several of the episodes of this podcast. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to another great episode of Journey to Esquire, the podcast. Support, share, subscribe. And for more, visit www.journeytoesquire.com.